Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. So what did we talk about today? Today we talked about your favorite subject, coffee. That's right. I love coffee. I love coffee in the morning. I love coffee in the afternoon. I love coffee in the evening. I love coffee whenever I have coffee. And uh, We had a very special guest. We did. We spoke with Carrie Elliott with Elliot and Murray Coffee. And we are excited to bring you this episode because we just launched their new website. That's true. And she just opened her cafe. In the middle of a global pandemic. It was so exciting to talk with her. We think you guys will like it a lot. All this and more on another exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. So, to start things off, how about we start with uh, who you are, what you do, and why it's important. And what was the last part? I'm sorry. Why it's important. All right. Well, I'm uh, Carrie Elliott. I am the owner and head roaster of Elliott Murray Coffee Roasters here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Uh, we, I started the company about a year ago, uh, basically, which was funny. Um, a long time ago, I had a podcast myself, and I was researching some uh, content structure when it came to podcasting. And one of the things that I really love is coffee. I was a Starbucks barista on and off for four years. And with the experience I have working at Starbucks, uh, it kind of planted a seed about my love for coffee. I always loved coffee. And I never thought about roasting coffee ever in a million years. I just knew I kind of wanted to own a coffee shop. Uh, and it was a dream of mine I had. Um, you know, but over the years, priorities changed with family. And, um, you know, having, having a, uh, a son and being married, my, my priorities changed quite a bit. Uh, so that dream was kind of on the back burner. And as time, so going back to listening to the different podcasts, I actually came across a coffee podcast where somebody was talking about home roasting coffee. That piqued my interest because I've never heard such a thing in a million years about roasting coffee at home. This was completely foreign to me. And you look at the marketing for coffee roasters, such as Pete's or Starbucks or these other major companies, you see these big machines, these big uh, coffee roasting machines, and you think to yourself, only they can roast coffee. I don't, I, I can't do it at home. Well, that's, that's a total lie because you can actually roast coffee at home. Many people roast on a cast iron skillet, or they use a uh, air popcorn machine to roast their coffee beans. And you can actually, there are various websites you can go to to access green coffee beans. You can get as small as one pound, or you can get up to like 65 or 
uh, maybe 150 pounds worth of coffee. Uh, it's, it's available on the market. Uh, so I heard this podcast. It was a two-part series that I listened to. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try roasting coffee at home. Uh, so I did all my research. I joined a couple of Facebook groups for roasting coffee at home. And of course, YouTube is a great wealth of information, Google. Uh, so I did my research online, watching these videos, learning about roasting theory, about um, the different profiles for roasting. And uh, I started roasting it on a cast iron skillet and nearly burned my house down. Um, <laughs> oh my in the goodness. Process. Yeah, it, it, green coffee beans, as you roast it, it adds what's called a uh, Mallard effect, where the physical changes of the coffee bean change uh, from green coffee to basically the brown. Uh, that chemical changes. Uh, what happens is that a lot of moisture gets released out of the green coffee bean, and so that result of moisture creates smoke because you're essentially burning the beans. Uh, so it created a lot of smoke in my house and my husband's like, uh, uh, you got to do this outside. So that's when I went to Goodwill and upgraded to a $6 air popper machine. Uh, roasted a couple of coffee beans on there, uh, gave some samples out to family and friends. And they're like, wow, this coffee's really amazing. Uh, you should think about doing a business about it. And as I kept on practicing and roasting different coffees, I realized that my hobby, this new hobby I have, can turn into something a lot bigger. Um, so I actually talked to my dad about it, and my dad retired uh, from our fam from my uh, family business. Um, we, my dad's side of the family, manufactured uh, bowling alley alleyways and like parts for bowling, um, and then pool tables as well. So he retired from the family company and he uh, kind of wanted to find another business to kind of get into. And, uh, you know, I told him about roasting coffee. Um, I gave him kind of like the pros and cons about it. And, you know, I think this is a great opportunity for us to really get into because, um, you know, not only is something passionate of ours, but it's, um, you know, it's definitely something that's uh, unique and um, it's different. So he caught on. He's like, you know, I love coffee. You love coffee. You know, let's let's make it happen. And I said, great, cool, awesome. So that's awesome. So let me just interrupt you for a second because yeah. I have one question about that conversation, and that is, what is what are the what were the pros and cons at that point? So. The cons about it is that obviously it is a lot of capital to like start up. Um, we uh, going like just from zero to 60 to establish yourself as a coffee roaster, you would have to buy the machinery. You obviously have to create, get the green coffee. You have to have a supply. So there's a lot of capital that goes investing into um, coffee roasting. It's not something that you can, you can start a business overnight right and um i'm kind of glad we didn't jump ship super quickly into this we kind of progressed and went into it um a lot of my roast when i started roasting on a commercial roaster uh i roasted at a uh, roasting co-op this 
facility in Southeast Portland called Aspect Coffee Collective. And the owner there, uh, Trevin Miller, he, he's been in the industry for, I, I think he was, he's been in the industry for 20 years. And he owns a storefront where he sells green coffee beans to home coffee roasters. And he has a, um, another business where he has a coffee roasting machine. He rents out to other coffee roasting businesses and allow them to roast coffee. And because I had that opportunity to go to this co-roasting facility, it allowed me to really hone my craft uh, when it comes to roasting coffee. And, you know, I've learned a lot of different things with that. So um, the pro is about it is besides the, the huge capital you have to invest into establishing your own space, the pros about it is that you connect with people. You connect with people with a craft that you have. Um, if you're not passionate about coffee roasting and you're trying to make a quick buck, then starting a coffee roasting business is probably not for you. Um, if you still want to go that route, you could also do what's called private labeling with a local coffee roaster. Um, and that's a different avenue of uh, going into the coffee business. Um, but to actually do the coffee roasting yourself, um, it's you, not only you create a craft, but you also, um, the, biz, the coffee industry itself, as we could see through the COVID-19 situation and from the 2008 recession, we're seeing a trend where a lot of people are not going to cafe shops. So the wholesale, uh, wholesales are going down uh, for a lot of roasters because a lot of the coffee shops are closed or they're very limited on how many beans they're buying. But on the retail consumer side, we're seeing a spike in that because more and more people are roasting coffee at home. So on the retail side of coffee, um, you can, and if you market yourself correctly, you have a presentable website, you have a functioning website, or if you have a little storefront, that can really help you with your retail sales, uh, especially online. A lot of people are going and they're buying coffee online because they want to practice the social distancing and what have you. Um, so for me, when I, in two, last year, as I was talking about this, you know, learning from 2008 and doing my research, you know, no matter what way you can make a hundred, I wouldn't say a hundred, I'm exaggerating, but you can make about <laughs> Yeah, so you can make about like three or four different revenue, streams of revenue with coffee. Um, and so that could be wholesale, that could be retail sales, like grocery stores, that could be um, opening up your own coffee shop. Uh, there's, and you can even uh, partner up with a co-packing company to make instant coffee. Uh, yeah, I've seen people do like coffee carts at events and things like that too, where they just set exactly. up like a stand and things like that. So farmer's market, stuff like that. Yes, exactly. That's another um, revenue as well. So there's very, a lot of branches of sales revenues that you could branch off to when it comes to coffee, um, which allows the opportunity to not, you know, to give exposure to your brand, but it allows people to have options. Um, so those are like 
the definite pros when it comes to um, the business is really the stability about it. Um, it's loving what you do and creating a craft that uh, I'm passionate about and I want to share with others. So I think that's great. I mean, and I would say that, you know, we, we know people who have tasted your coffee. Nicholas has tasted your coffee as well. I, I am a tea drinker. So unfortunately I'm not a coffee drinker, but Nicholas and his sister love your coffee. Um, and, and not all coffee is created equal. I think, um, you know, that's, that's what I've learned from the coffee lovers in my life, uh, is that, you know, there's definitely, you, you can taste, um, different things within the bean. It's almost like wine, you know, how, um, there's just different notes in, in everything. So, um, Nicholas, why what do you speak are, more what are, I mean, you talk about the craft of coffee roasting. What are the important things, um, to consider when you are roasting different, I mean, just tell me, tell me like the intro chorus when you're, okay. you're, you're sitting there, you're like, you've got this popcorn popper and yeah. you've got some green beans. What are those green beans? Uh, what is best to go through a popcorn popper? I'm so, I'm fascinated by this. <laughs> so, uh, green, green coffee beans are just raw coffee beans. Um, you cannot grind it and consume it because it will taste like grass. Uh, it's going to be a very grassy taste to it, and uh, it's, it's just gross. Um, and even if you try to grind it, it would probably break your grinder because of the density of the bean. Um, it's, so when I talk about density, I talk about the hardness of the bean. So it's very hard, and if you try to grind it, it, it it's just a gross cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, so in order, so what I do is, um, you have to get an air popper that uh, blows hot air underneath. Uh, not, you can do like a whirly pop, uh, like the stove top with the little handles. Um, you can do that. Uh, but with the whirly pop, what happens is that you have to consistently stir it to give a consistent roast, so consistent evenness, as we say, uh, for the beans, because if you don't, uh, if you just put it in, you walk away from it, you're going to have scorched beans, you're going to have, um, uh, you're going to have like inconsistency with the coffee beans, you're going to have lighter beans and super scorched beans, and that's super nasty. Um, so when it comes to an air popper, you only just put about like maybe 200 grams, maybe like maybe 50 grams, depending on how big the cylinder is. You drop those beans in um, and you allow it to uh, basically cook up. And so it's uh, what's called a um, like an air roasting. And so you're getting a lot of heat from the air and it circulates in it. Um, the one thing about the popcorn popper, though, is that it doesn't have an agitator, something to um, agitate the beans, uh, keeping it in a consistency. So what I did with my air popper is I would get like a wooden spoon. Um, I don't recommend metal because the heat from the air popper is so hot that it will travel up like to your 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 metal device, uh, whatever metal utensil you're using, and it will like start burning your burn. Hands. <laughs> yeah, burn. Uh, so I recommend using um, like a wooden spoon. I would use the end of a wooden spoon. Um, and I would start immediately, like as soon as I drop the green coffee beans in, I start agitating right away. So it gets the uh, consistency going. 
So during the roast, what happens is that the moisture is starting to cook out of the coffee bean. And so you're going to have a green, so you're going to have the green coffee and then you're going to have what's called the malleard effect where the beans are going to be changing color. So you'll have what's called a yellow stage or what's called a drying phase. And so what the drying phase happens is because of that effect that's happening, the, um, the, the chemical reaction is changing. And so when that happens, you're having the chemical changes and you're starting to have the caramelization. And the caramelization changes the color of the coffee bean, so it transitions. Um, so you have to keep on agitating it. And as the moisture le leaves, the coffee beans are getting lighter um, as far as weight is concerned. So uh, as you, you could probably keep going with the popcorn popper for maybe about, um, if you do like a small 200 or 50 gram, um, you know, worth of coffee beans, it'll probably take about like 10 to 12 minutes. Um, and the problem with the popcorn popper is that you cannot control the heat. Uh, it is one setting, you can't adjust the airflow. So it's really about your senses, your sight, uh, your smell, um, your ears, uh, because the beans go into these crack phases. Uh, so it goes into what's called first crack. And that indicates that your coffee is going into like a light to medium roast stage. And what that cracking sound you hear is the moisture that is being expelled out of the coffee beans. And so your beans are expanding. Um, they're growing bigger, and, but yet the moisture is depleting. Uh, so when the first crack happens, you know you're getting into like uh, the light roast to medium roast stage. And then there's another phase that goes into it, what's called second crack. And second crack is when you get more of the caramelization that's coming through and more of the oils that are coming out of the coffee beans, which go into a dark roast profile um, and you'll get that dark roast coffee into it. And there is technically a third crack, which I don't recommend to anyone at all. A third crack will basically char your beans, probably uh, blow up your popcorn popper uh, and it will just look like a really, really dark French roast. We need to have some so. sort of disclaimer on this episode. Don't, don't try that at home. <laughs> don't try this at <laughs> home. Don't try it at home. She's a professional. So, yeah, so you went from roasting that small batch, and, and now what size of batch can you roast these days? Uh, so I, it varies uh, depending on my inventory. Um, I, now that I have my own facility uh, here, it gives me a lot of more flexibility to kind of have more control of what I'm roasting, which is fantastic. Uh, because when I had to go to Aspect to roast my coffee, I would do 20 pound batches at a time. So for me, I, would, I could probably roast 80 to close to 100 pounds of coffee um, each trip that I make because when I roast that much coffee, I also have to make sure I have inventory saved for my customers. Um, so that, I mean, lugging around green coffee beans, roasted coffee beans, back and forth, um, it just got to a point where it was just very tiring. 
Um, I, I, I've been doing it for like almost a year and I'm just completely burned out uh, from it. And uh, I met uh, my, uh, my friend, Tim Howard from Facebook. He owns a, a coffee roasting company called Blind Coffee Roasters. We met through Facebook um, through, uh, I forgot how we exactly met. I think we maybe overlapped each other in a Facebook group. That's awesome. Uh, and I, yeah, and I connected with Tim, has been in the industry for a very long time. He's been in it for about 15 years. He knows a lot of good stuff. And he is somebody that I look, into, look up to. He gives me great advice. He really cares about me and my business and my passion. And we just connect on a really good level. And he's, in a way, kind of been my mentor and helped me walk through things and sort things out uh, when it comes to things related to coffee. Uh, and then I met my friend Noreen, who owns Capital Press Coffee Company. She had a roaster uh, in Banks, and she needed to find a home for it. And at this point, we were talking about actually leasing a space for us to utilize to roast coffee. Uh, the concept of the cafe kind of came later. Uh, but I was looking for a coffee roasting machine while she had her machine um, that needed a home. So Tim was able to connect me and Noreen together. We met and we talked and we actually made a really good connection. We connected very well. And um, so we kind of we kind of decided, oh, hey, come on over. Um, I'll have a home for your coffee roaster. That's and great. Yeah, so it, it, it's beautiful because um, another way that I really learned more about in depth of the industry is that I actually talked to my local coffee roasters. Uh, I've met Mark and Renee Bennett from the uh, Bennett uh, Coffee Roasting. Uh, very awesome people. I've also connected with Paul Thornton and his family from Thornton Coffee Roasters. I met with them, uh, really super awesome people. And surprising a lot of people in the coffee industry are probably the nicest people ever. It's not a cutthroat industry. But, you know, at first I was a little nervous about it, but, uh, you know, everybody has their own craft. Everybody has their different customer base. And really, when it comes to your customers, the customers are believing in you. Not only just the product, the, the quality product that you provide, but the person behind the, the, the product. So everybody has their different customers, their different followers. And, you know, it's, it's not cutthroat. You're not, like, trying to take someone's business away or anything no, like that. No, no. Yeah, it should it's, be community, community-focused, yeah. you know, community over competition. And, it, all and that. It, that's exactly what it is in the coffee industry. But from what I have learned and understood from people and the people that I've met, that it, it is community over competition. It truly is. And, you know, if there's anything that uh, a coffee roaster would need or a coffee shop that would need, they know they can call on you for something that they need. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, we, tr we try to disrupt our industry in a way because, you know, we, we always say like, we, everyone does it differently. There's enough business to go around. Um, so, you know, you don't need to be so worried, um, you know, and, and if people would just lean into that a little bit more um, in all industries, I think that that would be just a better way to do business. Um, right. It's, it's nicer to just go around and, and not worry. Um, I, I couldn't imagine being in that position where people worry about that. 
all the time because um, <laughs> we don't. So um, I, I love that. And I do think, you know, we've met quite a few people in the coffee industry and I would agree that, you know, I, I don't think that I've met somebody who didn't um, kind of lead that community over competition feel. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what are, you know, like there are lots of coffees in the world. Why should someone buy from you? Why should someone buy Elliot and Murray coffee? Well, when it, com when it comes to coffee, I have a passion for it. I have a passion in the craft that I create. Uh, I, every time I make batch coffee, I know that someone is going to enjoy it and it's going to make their day. And to me, that's probably the most rewarding experience when it comes to roasting coffee. And um, to me, that's rewarding for itself. And um, we try to be very, uh, I try to veer into more of an ethical stance when it comes to the coffee industry, especially with the farmers who are producing uh, the coffee beans for us uh, back in Colombia, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Sumatra. Um, I, I feel that I, for myself, um, as a human person, um, should, in a way, um, when I purchase coffee beans, I want to make sure that the money that I put into the coffee beans is going to help a farmer, whether it's help with supplies for their farm education, uh, not only educations about the coffee farms, but education for their children. So in the future, they can grow up and have the, like, they can go to a university and have um, a successful education in life. Um, and my little tagline when it comes to Elliot and Murray is that uh, roasted with quality, passion in every cup. And that to me really speaks clear, especially with the feedback that I have gotten from my customers. Um, that every time I hear someone say, wow, this is the most amazing cup of coffee, it tells me that what I'm doing, I'm doing something right here and I'm going to continue that. I'm going to strive for that quality and enjoy that, uh, uh, you know, and to make sure that I strive for that quality when it comes to coffee, to be consistent um, and making sure that everybody enjoys a cup of Elliot Murray coffee. I love that. Absolutely. So um, when, one thing that I really wanted to touch on, and in a very short time, you are going to be opening the doors on your um, cafe and, and roastery um, for yeah. grand opening in the middle of a global pandemic. I know. I'm so crazy, ain't I? I'm a crazy lady. <laughs> I, What's wrong with you, Carrie? I want to hey. know. I want to know what that experience is like. You know, what have well, some of your challenges been? And, um, you know, what are you optimistic about? Well, uh, so we so we actually got our space back in February before the stay-at-home order uh, here in Oregon. And um, we, so when we, when we and, and then in early March, when we got the stay-at-home order, things shifted. Uh, and uh, there was going to be some delays with construction. Um, you know, 
for me, it's it's been a huge dream of mine to open this um, cafe and roastery up for a very long time. And at the same time as a business person, putting in the money for the remodeling, um, getting everything installed, permits and stuff, it's costing money. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of businesses are closing their doors because they're not making enough money. And it's definitely a scary reality for myself um, as a business owner with the amount of capital that um, we have put in as a family to really make this successful um, and to make the money back. Um, you know, it's it's been, um, how can I say it? Uh, it's, I know that people, there's a lot of my customers who are so anxious about this cafe to open. And a lot of people have talked to me about when's the cafe going to open? When's the cafe going to open? Um, and these are customers that have been tried. They've been true customers, hardcore Elliot Murray fans from the get-go. They love the coffee. And the space itself is to be meant to connect with people on how their coffee is made, what goes into the process of making the coffee. Uh, so as you enter into the cafe area, we have windows cut out for people to actually come in and see us roasting coffee on site. And it, it kind of gives that connection with people when it comes to that cup of coffee that they can connect and see like what what's so unique about us, what, you know, uh, this is a really cool um, thing to connect with. And I think with the social distancing, the stay at home orders, being quarantined, a lot of people are missing that connection. Uh, granted, we um, are practicing the social distancing laws uh, that's ordered by the governor. Um, we're gonna, uh, we are gonna practice that uh, here in the cafe. But eventually we're going to open up where people can come in and sit down. Um, and as a business owner, uh, you know, there's like we talked about, or sorry, what I talked about earlier is the different channels of revenue. So there is a, uh, a coffee app uh, that's called Joe Mobile Coffee App where people can actually download the app. It's just like a Starbucks uh, mobile ordering app. They can download Joe, they can uh, earn points, they can uh, order ahead of time. Uh, we will be offering curbside pickup, whether it's full bean or um, just a cup of coffee, we will offer that to our customers while uh, keeping the social distancing happening. Um, we're also at two farmer's markets. So we are at uh, Cedar Mills, uh, which is, uh, part of Portland for, for your viewers who don't know where Cedar Mills is. Uh, right. It's kind of a suburb of Portland, uh, unincorporated Portland, I guess you could say. Um, and so it's at a parking lot of the Safeway. So we do that on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then we have um, the Newburgh Wednesday night markets from 4 to 8 p.m. And what's really nice is that these markets are opening up and People are, are coming out and they're walking around, they're wearing face masks, and I'm able to connect with people in that way. And, and it's a genuine connection. 
And I think a lot of it, a lot of us are missing that genuine connection. Um, and so to open this um, is not only to really connect with people, but to establish a relationship over a great cup of coffee. And it gives them something uh, to look forward to each day. So they can probably come here like five days out of the week and get a cup of coffee because maybe they believe, maybe they, they love what I do. Maybe they love me. Maybe they love the cup of coffee. I don't know. Maybe it's convenient for them. Who knows? But there's something about Elliot and Murray that people feel connected to. And a lot of us, again, are missing that. So that's why I'm opening the cafe. I think it's going to be great. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fantastic addition to the community. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, our neighbors, Three Mug Brewery, uh, down the street here are really excited. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be great. Our neighbors, uh, our neighboring uh, businesses near us, because uh, we're in a business park, uh, they're really excited about us um, opening up because we would be more convenient to get a cup of coffee here than going to the Starbucks down the road where they have to wait in line for either the drive-through or walk in and still wait in line. They can just come on up in here, grab their coffee, walk out, have a nice day. That's going to be so great. <laughs> so um, for the listeners that are in the local area, um, what is the address for your, um, your new uh, place? Uh, yeah, it's uh, 2038 Northeast Alaclec Drive. Uh, it's spelled A-L-O-C-L-E-K. Uh, we're in Suite 219 in Hillsboro. Oregon 97124. Um, we are, we're not, so if you're able to find Three Mugs Brewery, uh, sorry, my door is gone. <laughs> so if you're able to uh, find Three Mugs Brewery, we're across the way from them, um, maybe a couple of doors down. But I, I tell people, find the brewery, you'll find us uh, as like a little landmark thing. How many cups of coffee have you had today? I have had one. Um, I do. Uh, I do a pour over with my coffee, and uh, I am a coffee nerd. I do have a scale. I weigh my coffee um, to a uh, one in sixteen brew ratio. Uh, well, basically, I'll, I'll just dumb it down. Uh, basically, I'll take thirty grams of coffee uh, that I weigh out in my coffee filter, and I'll fill up three hundred and fifty grams of water. Uh, into my pour over and for me that's a great cup of coffee extracts perfectly it might be a little a little strong on it but I like I like a nice like bodied coffee um, you know a coffee that puts hair on my chest uh, I love it <laughs> <laughs> well and I think too for those people listening Carrie also does a lot of like tutorials and different like things that you could do with your coffee all kinds of different things so um what are the social media channels that they could follow you on um so I uh, started TikTok um they could find us under Elliot Murray coffee uh that's our TikTok page uh we do we do little clips for farmer's market I do little uh gadgets on there um, I have not really done any tutorials on that. Um, I do have a YouTube page, but I haven't done much with that. Um, I need to, uh, but in the coming future, um, we would like, to, I'd like to do classes, um, in-house, 
and um, to show people how to brew the best cup of coffee, even learn how to roast coffee at home. Um, that would be a great way for people to kind of get in and understand like how, how your coffee is made, uh, basically, and what goes behind the roasting process. And it kind of enhances people's education when it comes to coffee. Uh, so what I like to do is as we have those classes, um, is to someone, you know, film us and then we'd be able to upload those in different social media platforms. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook as well. Awesome. What is the most important thing for someone to know about coffee? Um, I think the most important thing about coffee, that is a great question. Um, the, the great thing, it's knowing that there's someone out there in the world who is working 12 to 14 hours a day picking cherries off of a tree to help their families survive, to put food on the table. I think that's a really important thing is on the ethical side of coffee is to understand what these farmers have to go through um, to make their coffee the best quality coffee they can um, to support their families. And it's a real um, educational, uh, it, it's definitely something that in the future I'd like to spotlight on when it comes to uh, ethical practices with coffee producers. Uh, for us, it's a luxury uh, here in America and especially in Europe too. Uh, and we just can't take it for granted. And um, to really appreciate that cup of coffee uh, that you get. I mean, the roaster can roast the coffee and have the end product, but it really starts with the farmers. And also, too, not only that, but we have to focus on climate change because the climate change does affect the plants of the coffee. So focusing on more of the ethical, the um, being conscious about climate change and how that affects um, the coffee trees and, and even the farmers, it does affect the farmers too. So that, I think that's the most important takeaway. That's awesome. I think that it's so important and it's something that, you know, we, we know just because we've worked with other coffee roasters in the past or have gone on tours of coffee roasting facilities and things of that nature, but there's a lot of people out there that I don't think understand what goes into their cup of coffee. So um, I love that you're gonna be out there educating them more about that. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Well, I think, I mean, is there anything else that we should know? Anything else that we should ask you right now? I don't know. I think you guys covered a lot of questions and they were some good <laughs> questions. You guys well, uh, took some time thinking about it. Um, I just wanted to say, I, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are very awesome. Um, I love your podcast. love your platform. Uh, being able to help others, um, you know, uh, succeed in what, they need to do especially with their business and you're giving them the tools to help them succeed and it's really awesome so i am so glad to jump on and to know you guys and to um work with y'all and uh you know one of these days nick come on by grab a cup of coffee meg you know bring the kids 
uh, we'll hang out and have a jolly old time. Awesome. Sounds great. We can't wait for that. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I look forward to it uh, probably more than you know. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials. At Edge One Media. At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or at Megan DeSalvo. 